Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Zenpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. And today, I have a new exciting guest. His name is Aaron Markham. He holds a Master of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania, where he studied under the infamous Dr. Martin Seligman, father of the field of positive psychology. For 20 years, he successfully scaled businesses and is the recipient of top industry awards, recognizing his leadership, vision, and service. He has been a sought-after national speaker since 2006. I was still in school that time and enjoys empowering entrepreneurs to make positive changes in their personal and professional lives. That's my kind of magic. I'm so excited to talk about this. And he's got something new coming out, his book, Entree Thrive, The Entrepreneur's Eight Laws for Eliminating Unhealthy Stress, Flourishing Personally, and Creating the Good Life. It will be released January 2024, and we are excited to dive into the content of that book and the story. My friend, welcome to the show. Oh, so good to be here, Mario. I've been looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on. It's a, it's an absolute honor. Aaron, before we dive into your book and the power of positive psychology and why that is so important for entrepreneurs listening in today, I want to know what got the man, Aaron, to the point where he decided to make positive psychology a part of his life? Yeah, that's a good question. I, like many entrepreneurs, I, you know, I started with, with nothing, with very little. Um, my first entrepreneurial journey was uh, I, I actually started a home care agency back in 2002 when I started and had very little to my name. And I put so much into that. I, I, you know, call it in positive psychology, obsessive passion. I was a little bit obsessive about making that successful and, uh, and experience a lot of the things I know many entrepreneurs experience, you know, where I was burning the candle at both ends. Um, I was coming home at the time I had three and then later four kids during that journey. I was coming home eating with my family and then going back to the office till one or two in the morning. Right. And just, that was my, my journey there. And, and uh, learned over time, I started putting systems and processes in place to help kind of handle that. But that was kind of, when I think about my journey to positive psychology, it kind of started there as I was trying to get a hold of my own, um, my own business and grow it and scale it. I ended up selling that company to a public company and, and then uh, eventually started my, my second company. You would have thought that I would have learned um, from my previous experience, but I started in a very similar fashion. This time I had more income, more money to put into it, but I was still trying to do it all. I was still trying to 
I had that obsessive passion. We have this obsessive passion versus harmonious passion. I was certainly on the obsessive passion side of it where I was burning relationships um, and was not present with my family as much as I should. And I hit that wall in 2016 where I was, um, my health had taken a toll. I, in really 2015, I started recognizing it and started making some health life changes. But in 2016, I went all in with, um, in the book, I call it entre vigor. I went all in with like investing into my vigor, into my vitality, and also into my business. I started creating systems. I found, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. We found that system, started implementing it in our business. But then on my personal side, I started really investing into education. And that's where I found positive psychology is when I hit that, hit that ceiling personally and professionally. I read that The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor was my first kind of introduction into positive psychology. And then as I got into that and, and studied some of Martin Seligman's work, um, found the positive psychology program map. And it has been, you know, an incredible journey. I ended up exiting that second company. But if you look at that 2016 and when I really started investing in myself, the hockey stick growth and investing in my business properly and getting the right people, it was um, it was like that hockey stick in a sense to where my business grew, I grew. And because of that, I was so fascinated by that trajectory that I wanted to learn more. And that's when I got into the, you know, later on, got into the master program over at UPenn. And I've been all in, kind of feel like this is my calling in helping other entrepreneurs flourish and find that thriving that I, that I found back then. So, yeah. I want to, before we dive deeper into positive psychology, you said that you had two experiences of growing and scaling businesses. And the second time around, you still didn't quite learn the lesson and you were, you know, dancing with burnout from what I heard. And since you, somebody yes. talks about psychology, I'm wondering, have you, have you explored what was it inside of you that made you go down that path of what you call obsessive passion? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, as as many entrepreneurs deal with um, this kind of not just upset, you know, we're passionate and we, we talk about you need to follow your passion. You need to do what you're passionate about. I was following my passion, you know, back then I uh, I loved. So I was uh, a leader in the in the home health, home care space. I created a, a incredible company that uh that scaled to you know eight nine figure type uh type revenues but so all that was going for me i was super passionate about what i was doing and the impact i was having but the lie of the either or i i, I talk about this in the book is that i felt like i had to in order for me to succeed as an entrepreneur i had to be all in with my business and and that my personal life would come along at some point, right? We just delay the personal flourishing so that we can flourish professionally. And so I was all in with my business and getting that scaled and moving that forward while not being there and present with my with my 
the people who mattered the most to me. I put them off saying, that'll come, right? That'll eventually catch up with me in my professional life if I just continue to grind it out. And that's the obsessiveness. Like you get so obsessive with that passion. Um, you can be obsessive with a calling. Like there's there's times like right now I feel called. Like this book, even in writing this book, there were moments of that obsessive passion I had to check myself against and say, wait a second, I'm doing exactly what I'm trying to educate people not to do. We all kind of fall into that. When we become, when we feel called or we find that purpose, we can go all in with that. And that lie of the either or is like, either I can flourish personally or I can flourish professionally. And unfortunately, most entrepreneurs pick the latter, right? They want to, they're going to flourish professionally and feel like the personally will just catch up with it. What was it about your past that created this obsessive drive, this obsessive, you know, I got to be all in, I got to grind it out in my business. What Did you ever explore yeah. that? I did. I, in fact, I explored it deeply. And I think that that the driver of that can evolve as you grow as an entrepreneur. So early in like aspiring entrepreneurs and those who are early in the journey, for me, it was the validation from others, even mentors, mm -hmm. that I wanted I wanted to show people that I could do it, right? It was more of an external kind of um, obsession. Like, I wanted to feel okay. I wanted to feel like I had made the right choice leaving corporate America. And I wanted to prove to people that, that I could be successful. And so that obsession was more of an external driver. Now... When I like with this book and and with my my you know other businesses, um, I have other businesses I'm currently involved in right now. Is that obsession is more coming from the internal factor of of I, I feel called. I feel like I I want to help people. Like even you can become obsessive about helping other people while neglecting your own personal flourishing, whether it is in your health or in the way you are engaging your, your most deepest connections, not being present with them. So that's what the evaluation is. I recognize this is early on, that was an external driver. Now it's all, a lot of it's internal and I have to like, you have to balance it out. So making sure that you're creating that space, right? Mm -hmm. For other things, other passions that you can get involved with. And, um, in 2016, one of the things that I decided to go all in with that was outside of my business, I got into cycling and in, in <laughs> biking and in my health. And that year, and I, this is my personality, right? I, when I go all in, I'm all in. And I ordered my bike. It was April. I ordered my road bike. And the same day I ordered my road bike, I signed up for a 200-mile one-day bike race that was going to take place five months later. Wow. So I was like, <laughs> that's a little bit obsessive, right? I've learned since. That was a little bit nuts. I ended up finishing it, but it was a crazy, a crazy summer. But uh, we can be – but the healthy thing about that is it wasn't just my business that I was, that I was passionate about. I found other passions, and I think for entrepreneurs – we need to to check ourselves and make sure that we're not living that lie of the either or. Yeah, yeah. That's a powerful story. And I think a lot of people will be able to to relate to that. Personally, I myself totally relate to it. This, this need to prove myself, this need to 
be the best son and you know, for my for my family yeah. for my parents, make them proud and 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 show and prove other people wrong that have hurt me in the past that told me that you'll never Amen. be able to make it that created this this yeah just like you said this obsessiveness this sense of like no matter what it takes i'm going to make it and that yes. led me to just looking straight ahead and forgetting about mm. relationships forgetting about my health and forgetting yeah. about what really matters. And so at what point did you have that wake up call where you decided to say, it's enough. I'm this, this is not a healthy way of running and growing a business. Something needs to shift. Yeah. You know, it was in that 2015, 2016 point in my life back then that I, I, my business was, had plateaued and, and, and no matter how much effort and work I was putting into it, it was plateauing. And honestly, my, my wife and my kids, I could, was recognizing certain things in, in not just behaviors in like some of my children, but in, 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 in most of my relationships, I could not really at the time say I had dialed in any really great relationship. You know, they all seem to be suffering around me. And, and it was a wake up call for me to, to say, this is, you know, when I said enough is enough. And in fact, I had these back in, when I had my first business, I created, I was part of the uh, Michael Gerber's E-Myth mastery group. And at the time he called it a primary aim. I've evolved it since and added some more to it but they were my guiding truths. And in 2016, I had these guiding truths. And I, over the period of my entrepreneurial journey, I, you know, they, they have grounded me. In 2010, I had an experience where I was trying to hit a deadline and I was feeling so stressed out. I was sleeping under my desk. I talk about it in the book, um, try to hit this deadline. And I saw these guiding truths. They, they've been on my wall at my, in my office in town for years and reminded me what I was doing. And so I kind of reconnected with those guiding truths in 2016. My mind is at peace is one of my guiding truths. My life is filled with abundance. My family receives my time is another guiding truth of mine. You know, my hands provide service is another guiding truth. Mm -hmm. And so these guiding truths have kind of helped kind of ground me again. And I just kind of reconnected with those and another guiding truth, my body is in good health. And at the time, it was not in good health. I was about 20, 25 pounds heavier than I am right now. Mm. And so it was, uh, it was just that wake-up call, reconnecting with those guiding truths that I had created years earlier. And that disturbed me. And it's really been, since that, I, I look at that, that trajectory since, and it's been inspiring for myself. Right. For me to look back and say, wow, you know, I 10x my life. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the 10x is easier than 2x. Dan Sullivan, Dan's a, a, a I, 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 Dan coaches me and, and uh, he's really taught me. I'm in, in one in his group of, of, of entrepreneurs that we get to sit down with Dan every quarter. And he's really taught me that uh, my your business should not run your life, right? It, it should not control your life. Your business is there to serve you and your life and your lifestyle. So, and I'm yeah. learning that. And I've learned that through that course of that time. So, yeah. 
That's yeah. a that's a very powerful message. And so you're going through that transition. You have this wake up call. You're sleeping under the desk to meet a deadline, and then you remember. You remember these guiding truths, which I absolutely love. I'm right there with you. I I call it uh, guiding principles. Um, I have yeah. something similar, and so. Yeah. That's essentially like a blueprint that you are creating for yourself to, yeah, to bring to life something different, something, a new possibility for being. And so as you move through that, at what point does positive psychology show up for you and how did it begin to impact your life? Yeah, so I went through the master's program at UPenn, which is the number one program in the world in positive psychology in 2021. But I really found that program in 2017 after reading that book, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. And it kind of, and I'd already been on this journey, right, 2015, 2016 on this personal journey, but I didn't really find positive psychology until 2017. But I was so fascinated with 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 positive psychology when i read that book and then i started reading and you know studying martin seligman's work who's been a great mentor of mine is that positive psychology isn't about being happy all the time right it's the science of well-being it's the it's the science of trying to figure out why people some people thrive and once why some people don't you know and and, and what fascinated and what kind of was why I gravitated to it is is the world of psychology before that, like behavioral psychology and and therapy and all those are so reactive. You know, hmm. they wait till you have a problem. Positive psychology is more of a proactive. It's it's for anyone who wants to to live a better life. And we call it, you know, in, in positive psychology, the first positive psychologist. Really, if you if you pull back all the the layers, is really Aristotle, you know, the great Stoic, you know, when he when he coined the term the good life and eudaimonia and these these kinds of virtuous the way of a living virtu a virtuous life, he you know the good life is the complete life, is that all of those things really resonated with me because I wanted to be proactive in the way I not only cared for myself but the way I helped others, and helped others create the good life for themselves and um and then i became because i had been working with entrepreneurs in my business i coached a lot in the healthcare space coached a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of clients of ours uh, i became very fascinated about not just positive psychology be positive psychology but how could it impact an entrepreneur's journey and helping them live a better life and create the good life and and not live the lie of the either or that they could really flourish in both personal and professional lives. So, um, so that was that was the journey. It's, it you know, positive psychology is the science of well being. Really, if you were to summarize, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's you know, it's the evidence based science of well being going beyond just self help. Right, here's some real research that has been and and it's amazing. People don't understand how much incredible research has been done in this field by so many amazing people, Barbara Fredrickson, Marty, so many people that have yeah. done Angela Duckworth, you know, so. What would you say are, you know, if you could maybe bring it down to like three to five 
direct results in your entrepreneurial journey that you got from applying the principles you learned in positive psychology? Yeah, I love that question. So the obvious one, the one that was the easiest for me to measure is, is the financial success. Um, I truly believe that when an entrepreneur is thriving personally, they're showing up in such a great positive way professionally. And I just started showing up better professionally and more clear, more, more of what I wanted and, and tying my own core values in my business to my guiding truths. And so I had this, this kind of direction and compass, you know, when I found positive psychology in 2017 and, and really started like focusing on my own leadership and my own interaction with my team members um, and how I was showing up at work was a direct reflection um, of, of the, the financial results, frankly, you know, we were seeing some, some positive things and I was just, I just became a much better leader. And you can ask any of my leadership team members back then, they could, they could pinpoint that, that period of time where Aaron really started showing up, you know, in, in his business and really became the leader that I've always wanted to be, you know, in, in business and so that that's that's more of the more obvious things on the personal side. I remember um, when I was going through the master program at UPenn, and I was learning all these important principles. I would have considered still, even at that point, sometimes I was a reactive person. I I am a passionate person, so sometimes I would react to my kids and my older daughters who are who are in college now made the comment that Dad, you're different. You know, hmm. you're you you just are just different in a, in a good way, right? They're like, dad, we just have noticed a difference. My mom made that comment. My wife, of course, made comments like that. They saw me differently. They saw me showing up. And in my extended relationships with, with even I, um, with family members who are struggling, that I was actually concerned about them and showing up for them. And so, you know, relationships in general, you know, and then I saw the, the financial results from it because I was a different person, became a different person through the process. And, uh, and I feel so fortunate that I was, I was deep diving into this wonderful field and learning so much about how to help others that in the process, I was helping myself. So I don't know if that was two or three things and, you know, there's others, uh, the connections I've made uh, through that, through that field. Uh, have been phenomenal. The mentors that I've been able to connect with that have taught me so much. Um, yeah. Those are all key results. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. And, you know, I support fully what you're, what you said. My personal experience definitely is a testimony to that. And the thousands of people that I've worked with entrepreneurs that I've worked with all over the world, many of the principles from positive psychology, I'm sure I haven't studied it are Mm -hmm. very along the lines of what I use. And so I also want you to talk more about this either or. You touched base on it earlier, but can you go mm -hmm. more in depth into this lie that you see that's being pushed out there in the entrepreneurial world that it's either this yeah. or that? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of this is, is subcon in our subconscious where we're, we're living this lie. And for the entrepreneur, 
specifically and really that the principle is 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 connected to the entrepreneur more than anybody because we live this light of the extreme i talk about that obsessive passion yeah. and how i was going all in on on my businesses and how we get pulled so far to the let's say professionalism is on the right hand side here we get so far pulled to the right because we're obsessing over this that we 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 live this lie that if i don't put everything into my business and thrive professionally and get my business to where it needs to be which is going to require late nights weekends ever you know all of me that eventually my personal life will catch up that's the lie really of the either or is that is that we we typically choose the professional side believing that once we get that taken care of which is always in a, in an entrepreneur's journey we're always working hard right we're always putting everything we can into whatever venture even if we have all the right who's in our life and all the right people we're still over here often and can be caught over here and neglecting the personal flourishing so the lie of the either or is is we believe that we can either thrive professionally or we can thrive personally and we can't have both but so I'm here to say you can have you, both. I want to ask you something because yeah, I have observed something and I have my own theory about this. And that is what I see is that entrepreneurs go down the path of naturally prioritizing the professional path because they're entrepreneurs. But the yep. reason they do that is because actually they want all the benefits from the personal path. So if we go back to what you said earlier in terms of proving their worth, um, it's like they want that human connection. They want a happy marriage or relationship, right? They they want the, the positive feelings. They want that sense of peace. I remember just yesterday I was coaching a client and he was talking about, you know, like I, I want to hit them. I want to make the money you know, I want to get to 50 K per month. And it's like, okay. And then we did the five whys and you went down further, further, further. And it's like, at the end of the, the, the goal was he wants peace. Yeah. So I said, I want you to look at that. It's like what you're chasing is money. But the reason you're chasing this is because you think it will give you peace. Do you yeah. see that? And he's like, Oh my yeah. God, what? And so it's powerful. Isn't it ironic that the thing we want is covered in in the professional path rather than us going straight for that? Rather than going straight yeah. for the honey pot, we're like, let me just climb over all these hoops here, left and right, left and right. Yeah. And what I've seen, I've seen personally with myself and with clients, is that the professional path as as strange as it may sound, is a lot easier than the personal path. I recall the amount of times where I have personally avoided having difficult conversations in my personal life, where I said, yeah, okay, I know I need to talk to this person, but it's so uncomfortable. You know, I know I need to talk mm -hmm. about my, my, my uh, to my mother about this one topic that I had five years ago that I recognized that's still, still haunting me today, but it's like, Ah, uh, not today, not today. So, mm -hmm. and then what did yeah. I say? I'm busy. I don't have the time. I'm, I'm, I got to make sure that we have enough money. And so I use that as an excuse, as a protection, really, mechanism for myself to say later. 
Why? Because mm-hmm. I was shit scared to actually go for the things that I want the most. Yeah. Oh, so well said, Mario. That uh, that's exactly right. We put off, we put off thinking that that will come later, right? That that and that is truly, I really believe, and I'm right at, right there with you that most entrepreneurs, when they build, and I love how you did that with your client, is when they get down to the to really why they're doing it. It's really personally related. They want that lifestyle. They want it, their families to benefit. They want all those right. things, and yet they so they'll grind it out and burn out often. And that's that's my biggest concern, especially early on with entrepreneurs, and where this book kind of hits those entrepreneurs who hit maybe like a couple million dollars in revenue, and they're still grinding it out. And they can still burn out and, and, and throw throw in the keys sometimes because they've just done it for so long now and they hit these plateaus. Um, and I, I kind of present myself in my book as the guide because I've made plenty of mistakes and I, I hit that. Yeah. And I finally figured out that actually, this is again back in 2015, 16, that if I if I focus a little bit more on the personal flourishing side and I actually have those difficult conversations that I was afraid. And I love how you put that is I started investing in, in my relationships. I started investing in my health that the professional side actually came along faster than I ever could imagine. Like it was, it was, it was so the contrast was blew my mind. And that's what really, and you really kind of through this process of asking these great questions is that, is that, yeah, it was really that period of time that I realized that, that I can't live this lie anymore. I've got to, why am I doing this? Here I am in my, you know, third or whatever company that I've grown and it's in, it's, it's, it's generating great, great revenue and I'm still grinding it out. You know, and I'm still like thinking I'm just not. And that's the other thing that it's a real dangerous trap where we say, okay, if we just get to this point, then I'll be okay. Then I'll, I'll invest into my personal flourishing side. And that was me. I was constantly putting that off saying, I just, I've got to get here. Oh, now it's $5 million in revenue. I've got to get to, you know, or now, now it's 10 or whatever that, that goal is. You just end up putting off that personal flourishing side. And I'm saying, I'm, telling people don't wait like like go all in with that now your business will be there you you need to continue to to invest in that but you'll show up better when you're when you're uh investing in your personal flourishing so yeah yeah that it's it's so interesting because i remember when i was running my first company in new york city and i we sold it in 2019 the, we had such a grandiose vision for this business, like you always have when you start out. You know, like we're gonna we're yeah. gonna be industry leader. We're gonna disrupt everything. We're gonna revolutionize how custom made shoes are sold, and and we had mm. success for sure. And what I realized, reflecting back, is there were so many times where I showed up small, whether it was in sales meetings, whether it was talking to investors, whether it was in conversations with my business partner. I was working seven days per week, seven days, seven days. I was just going and going and going. And all I was focused on was how can I add more hours? And in 
and, and then I asked myself, when I shifted towards my coaching business and my speaking uh, business, what wasn't inside of me that made me do that? Because I had already read the books. I had listened to the yeah. podcast. I had gone yeah. to the seminars. I knew it, I, or at least I told myself I knew it conceptually, yeah. but I wasn't living it. I wasn't embodying it. And every time I faced a personal conflict in my life, every time I healed some sort of a past trauma, I remember when I addressed this strong need to prove myself, my fear of charging more money actually went down and I started started signing up client, higher ticket clients. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have, I wasn't so focused on proving myself, but I shifted to, I know my worth. I don't need to yeah, prove it to you. you. I know who I am. I don't need to put up a show. Yeah. I don't need to, okay, you're going to get this and this and this. And yeah, if you don't want, how about this? And like this, this insecurity that comes through from a man who's like, he's, he's talking more than he should. It's like, what is that? And it just became the sense of, certainty this sense of authority this leadership where i'd say hey if you want to work with me this these are my rights and it, you know yeah. no sweating no like up, 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 no stumbling over my words and people were like yeah great let's do it and it was because i brought that sense of authority into the space in a safe and healthy way that now i charge more money i can work with less people with fewer clients which allows me to, you know, take more time off if I want to. I can do it, no problem. And it all came from doing the inner work. So to your point, making a the personal path, the personal healing a priority just pays off so much in the business. It oh, it does. And and it, it creates confidence, like protecting your confidence, like when you're investing in yourself. And I love your story about charging more rates because that's all ties to your confidence. Because yes. as we invest and we do that inner work, our confidence grows and our worth grows. We, we, be, we, we feel more valued and we feel more like we belong. In positive psychology, we use this term um, often is that, that, that all people matter or that we matter and that we belong. I'm a famous positive psychologist, Chris Peterson, kind of coined that term is all people matter. And um, I think that's so important. But then as you're building and you're doing that inner work, you find that you do matter. You are worth. You do provide value in business. And so I want entrepreneurs to understand the connection. These are not siloed areas our personal and professional lives they're not like two separate parts of the of the other right it's they're actually intertwined there's no way to separate them in in most cases i mean yes there's some separation in our time and when we come home and eat with our family and all those things but when it comes to our mindset and what's going on in here they're intertwined with one another we're we're you know, I talk about in the book and Joe Dispenza's work is, is powerful in this in this regard. You probably know Joe's work, but uh, about mind and body alignment. No longer am I using the word connection, right? It's about aligning mind and body um, because they're already connected. So we need to align it and our minds that, and I also use this term, coined the term, the good life mindset is 
creating the good life is so much in here, you know, and also externally in how we show up with our relationships and so forth. But it all starts here and creating that, that complete life in here and being okay with like going back to your example of, of having the confidence to charge more and be more picky about who you're, who you're working with. That's a mindset of you creating the good life for yourself. Um, that is professionally feels professionally, but what did that do for you personally? Right. It's significant impact on you personally. You now have the freedom and the time to take personal time and to be with those you love. I mean, what, why else are we in business if we can't do that? What's mm -hmm. the point? You know, I mean, yes, you might be serving others and providing a great service, but if you're suffering to me, that's just, uh, I think the ROI on that is very much diminished <laughs> at that point. So, yeah. yeah, 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 I love that. And, you know, your book is called Andre Thrive, and it's coming mm -hmm. out January 22nd, 2023. So we got about, you know, three months. 2024, sorry, of course, I'm, I'm still yeah. in 2023. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Tell me about the book. I know you talk mm -hmm. about eight laws i'd love to mm -hmm. hear about them um if you can yeah. do maybe like a rundown on them and maybe yeah, real quick yeah why don't you tell us what are like your top three laws yeah yeah so i so i sandwich the laws i i call it the, my top three um my top two are really easy um because entre clarity is the first law where mm -hmm. I talk about the guiding truths. I also talk about this concept called the breakaway. And the breakaway comes from, uh, from you know, I mentioned I was in cycling, the Tour de France. Um, when the, the riders want to break away from the pack, they've got to change. They've got to do something different, right? They've got to, they have, um, I call it a, you know, a breakaway narrative is that you've got to have this new story you're telling yourself, this new narrative and get clear on what you're breaking away from whether it's your former self and our best breakaways are done when we're with the people we love that are helping us with that breakaway. So that entre clarity is a powerful, like, like we need to get clear on what we want and not apologize for what we want. Like so often we get in that trap of, of, apologizing for even if it's money related we're like we want to justify to other people why we want what we, what we want i learned that from dan sullivan he never apologizes for what he wants and it's just been a powerful concept in my life um and so entre clarity super powerful law i go i go into the into more i talk about the, the sleeping under my desk and those guiding truths in there and have some other world type examples and then the so that's, to me, that's the cornerstone law. The keystone law that kind of holds everything together is the last law, and that's entre agency. And this, this law is really inspired by Dr. Martin Sullivan, and my, my professor and, and uh, mentor in positive psychology. I have so many mentors, though, not just Marty in, in, in that space, but Marty has been doing a lot of work on... Um, agency and the power of agency and the history of agency. And I've applied that in that law to the entrepreneur and that there's three pillars to agency for an entrepreneur. And Marty actually talks about this for anybody is that, is that you first have to have 
this what in, in positive psychology we use the term self-efficacy. And self-efficacy simply means that I can I have the belief, the faith in myself that I can figure it out. That's that confidence that we talked about earlier. That's yeah. the first law in 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 uh, or the first pillar of, of agency. If you don't believe that, hard to act freely, hard to act to, to make good choices as an entrepreneur. The second one is optimism. Marty is one of the most well-known, he wrote the book, Learned Optimism. He's done so much research in this space and about this optimistic, um, you know, kind of mindset and that an optimist explanatory style is, again, positive psychology term, but that simply means that an optimist, when they look at challenges or setbacks, they look at challenges and setbacks as temporary. A pessimist will look at those same setbacks as permanent, right? And so entrepreneurs, every time we have so many uncertainties that those uncertainties, um, if we're not, if, if, if we're not, uh, optimistically going about them, right? And looking at every uncertainty should be looked at a temporary situation and how we can learn from it and how we can mm -hmm. overcome it. And the third pillar to entre agency is imagination, and which is key for an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And if those three things are taken away, our agency is taken away. Like we, we, we aren't able to act freely for ourselves. And in history, there's been there's there's times in history like the dark ages and other things where those were taken away from the people and their ability to act freely was also taken away. And so as an entrepreneur, always questioning. You know, where are those three areas in my own life so that I can really act freely? And the other part of agency is like avoiding blame, not being the victim, choosing to have that extreme ownership that my mistakes as an entrepreneur, are my mistakes and my failures. And I'm going to learn. I got to choose to learn from my failure because a failure is only a failure um, if we don't, if we don't learn from it. Then once we learn from it and we grow from it, is it really a failure at that point? Right. So, so that, that agency is important. And then I would say the third, you know, if I were to kind of rate all these laws, so um, is that probably the second law and that's entrepreneurial. Like if an entrepreneur is not creating and they're not creating, not making the space to create and they're working in their business and that obsessive passion and keeping the lights on all the time, then they will burn. not. And burnout is kind of an overused term sometimes. They not only will they burn out, but their passion just fizzles. Right. And they just become they're just a robot in their business. We have to create space. And so I have this concept called deep thrive sessions. And I do this every week now where I go into a two or three hour deep thrive session, sometimes more than once a week, where it's a personal creation space. Sometimes I connect it to my business, but often it's planning my breakaways personally, planning um, you know, my future. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going all in. It starts with meditation. Um, you know, it's really important to me. Uh, I use this uh, sky meditation, which is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, with that, but the, um, the Art of Living Center, um, you know, teaches this. And I went and got trained on this. And I, it's a breathing 
meditation and it helps me kind of get focused. So I get that focus in that deep thrive session and I just kind of go all in on, on whatever I want to create. But even outside of that, as entrepreneurs, problem solving is creating, helping your team solve their own problems, getting really um, creative with, 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 with that and the ideas like being able to generate ideas and for entrepreneurs we have to come up with 20 ideas to get to any like two or three good ideas right so we have to be generating a whole bunch and if we're not creating the space for that we're not thriving so creation is really important you know mm-hmm. i talk about entre grid as another law um, entre habits entre faith and entre vigor are the other laws of, of the eight laws so Talk to me about faith, because this is a, a topic that is delicate for for many, because they're like, I don't believe yeah. in anything. I don't want to believe in anything. Yeah. They're like, you know, oh, religion. Um, I'm I'm not really a religious person because I grew up in a religious uh, household or environment, and that was traumatic, right? And so, I want to start with a question of why. Is it beneficial for an entrepreneur to have faith? Yeah. Faith, and I, I, I lay this out in the book, is before I, if we're struggling or we're, um, we may not have faith in a transcendence, right? Um, or we may not believe that. Why not go back a little bit further? I mentioned this term self-efficacy, which ties to this. But mm-hmm. have faith in, like, learn to have faith in yourself and your abilities and your ability to, to, to work things out. That's kind of, to me, um, the crawl part of faith. Like, crawl, walk, run, fly is a term that Martin Luther King, his great quote, he says, you know, if you can't, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. And to me, that's faith, right? We have to start somewhere and let's start with ourselves. Like, let's start building our confidence and faith in ourselves. And I think the second, the, the walk part of faith is, is giving our trust to others. I have this part of my book and um, that I talk about the importance of being willing to giving trust to those people that you're connected with. And not wait for them to earn it. Because if you wait every time for people to earn it, then that's not putting a lot of faith in them. Sometimes faith requires us to actually move forward, even though we may not have all the answers or know that person entirely. Then the third, the run part, is is the faith in the transcendent, you know, in God. I I personally, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, my faith in Christ and faith in God is important, but I respect all faiths. And, and whether you know the difference, there is a difference obviously between, and maybe not obviously, some people don't separate it between religion and spirituality, right? And that, that a spiritual person can still have faith um, in God and in a higher power. And here's, here's the connection with an entrepreneur that I think is, is pretty powerful and with anybody is that the science has shown, as I've done the research um, through positive psychology, there's been research done that, that, a, that a faith in a higher power in the transcendent actually is tied to greater well-being, greater happiness, greater flourishing. That when we, because it's also tied to purpose and meaning, 
Like when we have faith and we can give ourselves to God a little bit more and believe that he's, that some, there's something out there guiding us, then we don't put it all on ourselves again. Like it's this full circle. Like, yeah, we have to have faith in ourselves. But then if we also have faith in God, that burden can be lifted yeah. somewhat, which has been truly the case in my life is that I feel like I didn't carry this all by myself and that there was someone there was a higher power out there guiding me to help others and to serve others and to put my full self into, you know, put the love into my work in a way that maybe I couldn't have done on my own. And, yeah. uh, and so if you just look at the research, there's some powerful research out there that, that would back up the fact that we will thrive. In fact, I, I'd mentioned in the book, some research, uh, you know, that, that, there was a, a study done a few years ago specifically for entrepreneurs that tied their, you know, their, their well-being and everything to, to a greater faith in, in a higher power of God. And yeah. so, but we've got to, we've got to see, okay, where, where am I with my faith? Maybe, maybe you're not there with, you know, with full faith in God. So where can you put your faith in? Because remember faith yeah. is to move forward without, having all the information right. and as entrepreneurs we, we do that a lot right we move forward we may not have all the information or we may yeah. not see the end but we have faith that if we do this and we take certain action that it'll be a positive outcome and yeah. so whatever we can do to start that that crawl walk run fly and the fly part is is taking all three of those elements and bringing them all together mm. and 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 if you are if you have Faith in yourself, faith in others, and faith in God. Man, think about the power of that, right? It, that's a powerful place to be. But recognizing that many of us aren't there. There's times in my life where I, that third one was a real challenge for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Many points that you make, I, I, I love it. And it's, I think it's so important to really understand this. And it made such a big difference in my life to to embrace faith and to embrace God. And to me, God is a word. I'm not caught up on the word. To me, the, the mm -hmm. idea of God is a presence, is a truth, is a, yeah. is a knowing of, is an, is an absolute truth. And to me, that is love. And it's a, it's a frequency that we can tap into and you'll find it everywhere to what you're, yeah. to your point. There's a quote. I don't know who said it. Maybe, you know, the quote goes something along the lines of like, if you knew who walked beside you, you would never doubt yourself again. Mm. And it's so I've heard true. of that, but I, I don't know who said that. Yeah, powerful. Because if you, the more you embrace, to your point of flying, the idea of there is a higher power, that means you embrace the idea that you are loved for who you are without having to do anything, without achieving anything. You're just loved. You are loved for the way you are, for who you are right now in your life. And it's not conditional. The more you do that, the less of, less of a fear will be inside of you. The more fear you remove, the more stress you remove. That means your mm. nervous system is more aligned. With an aligned nervous system, your immune system functions at its optimum. That means the gene expression is optimized. That means every part inside of you is doing the thing that it was designed by nature to do in the most harmonious way possible. 
So naturally, if you are a high performer, it's a it's almost a it's almost a must, in my opinion, to um, open yourself up to the idea that there may be something there. And you know, for me, the longest yeah. time in my life, religion held me back from embracing God because I was like. I'm not on board with the, those ideas that there's a there's a person in the sky who looks down upon me. And when I do X, the person will say, OK, I saw that you have 10 minus points <laughs> like that to me just didn't resonate. I was like, you know yeah, what? Same. Screw that. Yeah. I don't want it. Then I had a visceral yeah. experience with plant medicine, with ayahuasca, where I just experienced this incredible sense of love this feeling of being held no matter what that no matter what i do in life no matter where i end up i will always be loved it was so powerful that i was like there's no way that there is not something that we call a higher power i don't know what it yeah. is but it was the beginning yeah. for me to open myself up and i've never stopped opening myself up now i'm on a journey to embrace christ consciousness which to me is not tied to the church. It's it's the idea yeah. that to embody the, the consciousness of the Christ, because that is mm. the consciousness of love. And so yeah. that gives me a whole blueprint to look at my life and to say, where am I not operating in love? And op not operating in love is very simple to find. What what or yeah. who am I judging? And if I'm judging my mother for, for doing or saying X, Y, Z, I know that I'm disconnected from that frequency of love. So what do I do? Okay, I go and go through the processes that I have. And as I do that, I r rise in consciousness. And as I rise in consciousness, I leave these lower states of consciousness that are about shame, guilt, fear, anger. And that means my way of feeling peace is not tied to once I hit X, once I make this amount of money, once I sell this thing. No, you know what? I'm on that journey. It will happen. I know it will happen, but you know what? Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I'm living in bliss. And when I'm not living yeah. in bliss, I I close my eyes and I go within and I say, what's taking me away from bliss? What idea is my mind holding on to? What emotion is in my body? And I go I through the it. process and I go through that. And the more I do it, the faster it happens. And then I can process things easier. And that's the whole secret in my opinion, to operate from peace or the way that you have uh, talked about it today is operating on that, on that frequency of the good life, right? Of, of, of being able to create your life. So I, I really love, you know, what you've been uh, sharing here today. And, you know, we, with an awareness of time, I have a few more questions that I want to ask you, but I'll give you another opportunity if there was anything that you wanted to add to what I just shared. Yeah, I, hard to add too much to that. That was powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, for me, my my own faith journey. So going back to my guiding truths, one of my guiding truths is my heart belongs to Christ. Yeah. That's my eighth guiding truth. And uh, and and I think that whether you are going to to a, a church or or not, is that you're that. Um, and again, if it's not Christian or whatever it is, I think that if you can align your truths or your purpose, your meaning to a higher power where you're not carrying that burden all the time, that there's, you feel like there's a, there's, there's, there's more to life than just what you're experiencing. 
then I think there's some real power in that. It really does tie to well-being. I mean, me personally, I do go to go to church and I great I get great peace from that. But yeah. my journey involved with me recognizing that my purpose in, in doing so is to is 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 in that guiding truth that that it helps me get closer to Christ. And that regardless of anyone else in that church and what they think of me doesn't even matter anymore. Mm. And that is that when we start, when we're trying to please God and we're trying to just, and that's the person we're trying to please, he doesn't care how much money we earn. Right. See, back in my early journey as an entrepreneur, I was so caught up in what people thought about me. I wanted to please my parents. I wanted to please our amazing people. And I just wanted them to, 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 um, to be proud of me or my in-laws or just so many people in my life. And really probably more important were some of my peers in business, other fellow entrepreneurs, you know, and that's so fleeting. That's so external and, 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 and short sighted and short lived, but yet most of us fall in that trap. But when we say, okay, my, I'm here to just please one and that's God. I think the whole paradigm changes for people. It yeah. has for me. And it sounds like you're kind of on that, have been on that journey for a while where, where my purpose changes that I'm not that cause God doesn't care about money. Doesn't care what he just cares about the difference I'm making in my own life and in the life of others. Mm-hmm. And to me and and the others also means my family. Like that's not just people in my that I'm impacting in my business, though I do believe it's connected as well. If I'm providing for families, other families through this business, and that to me that's a God thing. Like He wants me to provide for them. He wants and, and so indirectly, yeah, He wants the money there, but it's not it's not because He wants me to have a nice car or a nice house. He wants me to make impact. And that'll come. And he's not, to me, I also believe God is fine with that too. Like (laughs) if you can still make an impact and you can still do great things, then I also believe he's a God of like, he loves everybody and that he's not against those things as long as we have the right perspective in our lives. So if if you could spend an hour of, of your time with any person dead or alive, who would it be and why? An hour of, I, I would say, honestly, Christ for me, because hmm. I'm, I'm a Christian. That would be the person yeah. I would want to spend an hour of my time with. Like, I have so many questions. <laughs> so, what would be one know. of the most burning questions you would ask? Uh, what, uh, you know, this is probably it's just being vulnerable. I'd say, what does the next life look like? Like, what's what can I expect? <laughs> you know, being a future-driven entrepreneur is like, what can I expect? And maybe he'll probably give me a little insight in, into me personally. You know, what I could expect. But he, uh, um, that I would want to know was what you know, what what's the next life look like? Give me that vision. <laughs> you know? So I, I'm Typical. sure it's it's amazing. It's a typical entrepreneurial question. It's like, what do I have to look forward to? Tell me, tell me about the future, right? That's where we're going. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that, I love I, it. That's that's probably you know I don't know, but yeah. 
Arad, t- tell tell us where where can we find you? What's the best way to connect with you? I know you yeah. you as we mentioned, your book is coming out. You know, is there people can they pre order? What does that look like? Yeah, you can pre order the Kindle right now. You go to entrethrive.com, e n t r e thrive.com, and you can order that. And we also, I believe. Uh, you can put it in the in your show notes is that we created a unique URL for your listeners. And we have a guide um, is called our EntreClarity Guide, where we break out how they can get to their own guiding truths. And then also a breakaway worksheet as part of that guide that they can actually create some of their own breakaways. Um, soup, we've gotten some wonderful feedback. We're actually in the process of of using AI for our, our clarity exercises and some of our other exercises, which is pretty exciting. But uh, but right now it's just, you know, it's just a PDF that they can download. And so it's a link, I believe, and it's on, um, you should have received that. Uh, I believe it's, um, I think it's uh, entrethrive.com forward slash Zemperpreneur, so. Amazing. Yeah. So they Beautiful. can go there and then, of course, order the book. Um, the pre-orders for the, the other copies will come in, I believe, in January. So, Well, I'm, I'm certainly excited to read the book myself. Aaron, you've been a great guest. Yeah. Thank you so much for you. sharing your time, space, the wisdom with us today. I've, I feel energized by this conversation. I know that my yeah. listeners will uh, do so as well. We're going to add all the links in the show notes. And again, thank you for being an amazing guest on the Zenpreneur podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for being a loyal listener to the show. And I will see you on the next episode.